Amen. All right. Hey, we are starting a, um, and we're not starting, we're continuing a series called uh, How to Survive in an Upside Down World. We've been in this now for uh, several weeks. Today, what we're, I'm asking you to do is take your Bibles and open them up to Daniel chapter 5. So whether you have hard copy, if you have a Bible app on your phone, whatever, I want all of us to see the scriptures and to have them open and, and to walk through uh, with us. So in South County, open up your Bibles. Um, if you're online, open up your Bible. Join us as we read the scriptures and we see how God is there and how God will meet us in the text. And so here's what I want us to... Well, here's the big idea. Here's the big idea that I want us to think about today is um, to thrive in an upside-down world, we need to focus on being a person of substance. Now, our culture will tell you that being a person of substance in the world that we live in, that you have to have power, wealth, you know, some place of authority. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the idea, this biblical principle of adding value to others. That's a person of substance, that we are actually adding kingdom value to other people. And if you're a Christ follower in here, that's the call on your life. You are called to add kingdom value to others. That's the way Jesus lived his life. That's the way he modeled it throughout the Gospels. You've got, if you're new to the Bible, you need to start reading the Gospels and watch how Jesus lived his life. And when I say the Gospels, that means Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Start in any one of them. It doesn't matter. Um, They all just talk from a different perspective about the life of Jesus And you need to understand that. And so I hope that you'll do that in this year of 2023, that you'll you'll actually become like an expert of the Gospels, that you'll become so familiar with the Gospels, that you'll understand immediately when I talk about kingdom values, you'll be like, oh yeah, Jesus talked about kingdom values, and here's how he lived it out, because he showed us how uh, to do that. Well, today in Daniel chapter 5, what we're going to do is be asking three questions. Uh, three questions to help you live a life of substance. One, I'm, am I asking God to search my heart? Another question we're going to look at, am I being transformed by my understanding of who God is and practicing the way of Jesus? This is so important. We'll talk about it in a minute. And then the last question, am I living a you matter lifestyle. But here's what I'm going to ask us to do. I'm going to ask us to pause for 15 to 20 seconds. And I want you, if you're a Christ follower in here, I want you just to silently pray and ask God, God, what is it that you have for me today that I, that you want to transform my life? Because, you know, God's, God has something for you. If he hasn't given it to you yet through the worship, then maybe it's through the teaching that he has something for you. And if you, you know, you don't have faith yet, you haven't placed your faith in Jesus yet, I'm going to ask you to take the next 15, 20 seconds, and would you just be open-minded that it's very possible that God wants to speak to you as well, whether you believe that he is here or not. So can we do that? Let's pause 15, 20 seconds of just silence, sitting still before God asking him to teach us.
Jesus, please teach us, and Holy Spirit, lead the way. Thank you. Amen. All right, so Daniel chapter 5. We're going to jump right into the text in verse number 1. Many years later, King Belshazzar gave a great feast for a thousand of his nobles, and he drank wine with them. Now, some of your text doesn't have that phrase, many years later. But what the NLT is doing is it's tipping its hand to give you some context here. Some of your translations just, just you know, start right off the bat with King Belshazzar have this you know, feast for a thousand people. But the reason why the NLT does this is because they want you to understand that um, King Nebuchadnezzar is uh, dead, and he's been dead. And that we're talking at least 10 plus years later that this has happened. And Daniel is no longer in his 20s. That Daniel is now at least in his early 60s. So time has passed since the last time, since chapter 4. And even though it reads like, oh, this thing happened and then the next thing happened, no. Um, and, and also, I think it's important to understand, history tells us that Belshazzar was actually a co-regent. He is a younger guy, and his father was actually the king of that region. And he entrusted Babylon over to his son, Belshazzar. And he is actually living in the northern uh, part of the Edom uh, Empire, uh, where he's at, where he's residing. And he's been there for about 10 years. So, but, and, but Babylon was so fortified. See, this is something else. History tells us that he, Belshazzar, this young king, is thinking, we are so fortified that we don't have to worry about our enemy. But at their very walls, in this chapter, at their very walls, as Daniel is journaling this for us, telling us the story, they are figuring out, King Darius is figuring out a way to get into uh, Babylon. And uh, King Darius is creating a canal, um, and he's going to figure out a way in is through the river. Because Babylon had this great river that ran right through it. And he's going to transfer the water. And he's going to take his army underneath this gate and wall that they had where the water would flow in. And he's just damming it up and, can, and channeling the water other places. All the while, he's thinking, man, we are so safe. We're so secure. No one's going to break through these walls. He's throwing this party. And it says, why Bassajar was drinking the wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver cups that his predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem. He wanted to drink from them with his nobles. Now, just stop and think about what he's really doing. He's, he is like underscoring the fact that they have conquered Yahweh. And these, uh, these sacred objects that once resided in the temple in Jerusalem, where, when King Nebuchadnezzar went in there and grabbed them all, they've been in storage for the past you know, 50 years. He goes and finds them, grabs them, you know, and has them brought to this party. Why? So that they can drink from them and get drunk and show. Watch what, look what happens. Why they drank from them, they praised their idols. So he's like saying, Look at our gods. Our gods conquered Yahweh, this God, the God of the Jews. Look how powerful we are. So it says suddenly, in the middle of this party, in the middle of Belshazzar, this young king, in the middle of this, his, um, he has this like crazy wake-up call. 
suddenly they saw fingers of a man handwriting on the plaster wall of the king's palace near the lampstand. The king himself saw the hand as it wrote. I mean, just think about that. You've got a thousand of your buddies over. You're partying like crazy. And then all of a sudden this hand appears out of nowhere, right? I mean, like Steven Spielberg has nothing on this, right? I mean, God, I mean, this hand just like, whoo. And then like everybody's like, what, what is it? All of a sudden they become sober. And, and he is like, he is freaked out of his mind. Just like you or I would. Right? We, we would be like freaked out of our mind. His face turned pale with fright. His knees knocked together in fear. And his legs gave way uh, beneath him. He's having a panic attack. He's like, I, he, do, he doesn't know what to do. So he does what he has always done. And he turns to his counselors around him. And the king shouted for the enchanters, the astrologies, uh, astrologers, the fortune tellers uh, to be brought before him. And he said to the wise men of Babylon, he, and so he's looking to them, he's looking to their gods to help him. And he said, um, whoever can read this writing and tell me what it means, will be dressed in purple, uh, purple robes of royal honor, will have a gold chain placed around his neck, and he will become the third highest ruler in the kingdom. And of course, these guys get together, and none of them understand the meaning of the writing on the wall. You ever hear that phrase, the writing on the wall? You know where that originated from? Yeah, you guessed it. D Daniel chapter 5. That's where it came from. Now, you're wondering that. Google it if you don't believe me. South County, I know you don't believe me. Google it and you'll find out that it came as you, it's the number one hit. The writing on the wall. Where did writing on the wall come from? Number one hit. Daniel chapter 5. Um, even Google says that. So, um, here's what happens. Um, he, so, since nobody, nobody can figure this out, the queen comes in and it's like, hey, there's this guy named Daniel and, and reminds or, or maybe introduce, who knows. Um, but Daniel is like not a part of this king's life. And they go and grab Daniel. And so now Daniel's before the king in uh, verse 13. So Daniel was brought in before the king and the king asked him, are you Daniel, one of the exiles? See, here's a dig. This, this Babylonian is like digging into Daniel. Yeah, you're just one of the exiles. You know, King Nebuchadnezzar conquered you. Our people conquered you. You're nothing. He's like, are you one of the exiles brought from Judah by my predecessor, King Nebuchadnezzar? And, and then he would go on to tell him, hey, I'll give you, you know, what I've offered to everybody else. If you can tell me what this writing means. So Daniel will come back in verse 17. And Daniel answered the king, keep your gifts or give them to someone else. But I will tell you what the writing means. And then he launches into this. He says, your majesty, the most high God gave. Now that's so important because what Daniel's pointing out to him. It may not look like God is in charge. <laughs> But God is still in control. In your world that's upside down, God is still in control. And Daniel 
understands this. Daniel recognizes this. He doesn't have any place of position or authority now. He's in his 60s, and you know we don't know for sure what his role was then, but he had been put to the side. But Daniel still believed that God was in control. Do you? In your circumstance? In your marriage? In your relationship? In your finances? Do you really believe that God is still in control? He says... God gave the sovereignty, the majesty, glory, and honor to your predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar. He made him so great that people of all races and nations and languages trembled before him in fear. He killed those who he wanted to kill. He spared those who he wanted to spare. He honored those he wanted to honor and disgraced those he wanted uh, to disgrace. But when his heart and mind were puffed up with arrogance... He was brought down from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. You see what happens to a person who doesn't take time for introspection, who doesn't take time for asking God to search our heart. The natural outcome of that is that it's all about me. And isn't that the world that we live in? Don't we live in a world that is just like, hey, whatever I want, whatever I want to do. Um, The instant gratification, I got to share this with you. I told this parent I'm going to share this, and so I'm going to share. Um, uh, This is this is just uh, um, typical stereo of this uh, of our the society that we live in. This this uh, these those I don't want to say this younger culture, but that's really what it is. This younger culture. Um, So they have a they have an older teen student. And um, they, uh, you know, all of a sudden went through $200. And the parent was like, how did you go through $200 in like a week? And all of a sudden, when they started looking, tracking their money, you know where they spend it on? Food. Do you know how much they spent on an Auntie Anne's uh, uh, pretzel from, the, you know, the uh, Warwick Mall? Because they live in North Kingstown? They called Uber Eats. And they had an Auntie Anne's uh, pretzel delivered to their house in North Kingstown. They ended up paying 40 bucks for a pretzel. Come on. That is crazy, right? Come on. But that's, the, that's just ter- uh, you know, stereotypical of the society that we live in that pushes this thing. It's all about us and what I want. And this is what happens. We don't stop sometimes and do some introspection. And this guy, Daniel's saying, hey, you know, you know the story about Nebuchadnezzar. He says, you are his successor, O Belshazzar, and you knew all of this. You knew exactly of his, his story, of his rise and fall. You knew all this, yet you have not humbled yourself. You haven't taken time to ask some questions about you and your heart and where you're at with God. For you have proudly defied the Lord of heaven and have had these cups from his temple brought before you. You and your nobles and your wives and your concubines have been drinking wine from them while praising the gods of silver, gold, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Gods that neither see nor hear nor know anything at all. 
But you have not honored the God who brings you the breath of life and controls your destiny. Wow. See, that's what happens when we aren't living a life of introspective. That, that we're not introspective, that we're not contempla- contemplative that, uh, in our own lives. Where we're not asking the inward questions, the hard questions. And so, Daniel says, God has sent this message, or this hand, to write out this message. And the message is, that, he, that was written was many, many tekel parson. And then he's... He says, and this is what these words mean, many, means numbered. And God has numbered the days of your reign and has brought it to an end. Do you realize that all of every one of us, our names are, are, I mean, our days are numbered. And some of us, from our, from our perspective, would look and say, but hold it, that was too short. That life was too short. Lived too short. No. God's got your days numbered. And it's from our perspective. It, some do look like it's too short. And then others live this really long life. But it doesn't matter if it's a short life or a long life. We all have our days numbered before God. And because of that, that should be a sobering fact that we should be asking ourselves, am I a person of substance? Am I actually adding value, whether I'm here for a short time or a long time? Am I adding value, kingdom value to other people? And that's where these questions, I want to come back to these questions. Here's one of the questions to ask to help us to live a life of substance. Am I asking God to search my heart? In both the Old Testament and the New Testament in the Bible, we see this. This is a theme that runs throughout. In Psalms 139, is this one instance of God search my heart and know me and try me and see if there's any offensive way inside of me that offends you. This is so important for us to ask on a daily basis. God, this is an introspective question. We need, as Christ followers, we need to be introspective. We need to be asking this kind of hard question. And then Jesus, he models it this way in the model prayer in both Matthew and in Luke. Um, You have that model prayer from Jesus where he says... He tells us to forgive our, uh, forgive us of our debts as what? We forgive those who have sinned against us. Notice, that's twofold. One, we're confessing. Searching our heart is a process that all of us need to do and that we need to confess on a daily basis. And I know I have to do this on a daily basis. And when, as I'm confessing, I'm also and God, help me to forgive those who've offended me. See, that's introspective. Because if you don't search your heart like that, then you, um, and you're just asking God to forgive you, but you're not forgiving others. Bitterness 
has the opportunity to grow up inside of you and to birth something that's ugly inside of you and, and, and make you to become hard and calloused. We have, we not only have to confess our sin, but we have to forgive others. This is part of bringing our heart. This is part of being an introspective person. Here's another question. Am I being transformed by understanding who God is? Does just, uh, as you read the Bible, as you understand who uh, God is, does that, do you allow that to bring change in you? And by practicing the way of Jesus. See, um, it's a discipline. As you understand who uh, God is by looking at who Jesus is and how he lived his life, then Jesus calls us to practice to live out of the same disciplines that Jesus had in his life. That's why it's practicing the way of Jesus. And that takes work and discipline on your part and on my part. This doesn't just come naturally. You have to work at this. I have to work at this. We have to work at reading the scriptures. We have to work and take the time to understand what does this actually look like when I go to school? What does this actually look like when I go to work? What does this look like when I interact with my neighbor who uh, you know, just annoys the fire out of me? How does this look like for me? This is so important. And, and the question, this is a great question for us to ask. God, am I understanding who you are and is it actually changing my life? The other question is, am I living a you matter lifestyle? From, uh, you know, from, Jesus modeled this in Mark 10.45 about washing the feet of the disciples, the rabbi, the teacher, washing the feet. That, that never happened in that culture. But he's modeling to us what it actually looks like to serve those around us. And that is portraying this idea that you matter. That you, that you actually matter. In Colossians uh, 4, the Apostle Paul, he prays a prayer. Um, well, one, he says we need to be devoted to prayer. He starts out in verse 2. But then he gets to the point, hey, pray for me that God will give me the eyes to see those around me. To see open doors that I could have a conversation that is seasoned with salt. Some translations say that is gracious. Some other translations say. But the point is that you could have a conversation that is adding value to them. And again, that's why you, that You Matter uh, card is on the seat or underneath your leg or somewhere, right? Pull that out and let this remind you. Hold, walk, this week, yeah, I mean, this is, just, this is why we talk about these all the time, that you and I, should, that this is a great reminder for us to just randomly tell people, hey, as you pray like the Apostle Paul prayed, the Apostle Paul prayed, God, give me the eyes to see, right? We, we encourage you around here to pray every day. God, will you just show me one person today that I can demonstrate your love to? And this is just a small little step to kind of see, is there an open door there? And this will help you enter into, kind of get a feel for where that person is and if they're ready for that type of conversation, a spiritual conversation. I, I can't tell you how many times that this has come back. And 
when you go out to eat, how many of you go out to eat? Let me see your hands. Do you ever go out to eat? Yeah, yeah, okay. So you go out to eat. Your servers, tell them, you know, before you give them a very large tip, tell them that, hey, you matter to God and you matter to me. I have been able to walk into some really uh, deep spiritual conversations and then some other times where they're just like, okay, thanks, man, and they walk away. But it doesn't matter. You know why? Because sometimes they'll come back to me and they'll say, hey, do you remember you gave me one of those cards? And then they'll open up their server book and guess what's in that card? Those words. You matter. And you know what? They need to know. That's living a lifestyle of a you matter, that you matter to God and you matter to me. Do you, these are great introspective, uh, introspective uh, questions. Now, back in the text, let's finish these words. Um, tekel means weighed. You have been weighed on the balances and have not measured up. That's what Daniel tells the king. You've fallen short. And you know the reality is, it doesn't matter if you're in South County or right here in Cranston location, we've all fallen short. The scriptures are very clear. Paul put it this way. Um, our substance of life comes from the gospel. And in Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. But that's the beauty of the gospel. The beauty of the gospel is Jesus knew that we fell short. And so Paul put it this way. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the sin offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Because we've fallen short, Jesus came to fill the gap. And that's really the foundation from where each person would get their substance from. That's the foundation from which we live out and are able to add value to others is the gospel. Because of the, because of the gospel that Jesus, the, the good news that Jesus has died on that cross for my sin, for your sin, because of the gap. And he filled it so that you wouldn't have to fall in the gap, that you could actually be connected to God. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? Those of you who are watching online, have you placed your faith and your trust in Jesus? If not, today could be that day for you. Back to the text. Here's the last word. Parsons means divided. Your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. That's who's at their gate. That's who's at uh, the, you know, their walls. They're, they're literally there right now as Daniel is calling these words down on that same day. You know how we know that? Because history tells us that Darius got in and took him out. And Daniel put it like this. That very night, the very night of that feast, the very night of that party, the very night when the handwriting came, the very night when Daniel came to interpret it for them, that very night, Belshazzar, the Babylonian king, was killed. You see, our choices have consequences. And when we choose not to live from a, a, a life of substance, adding value to others, when we choose not to submit and surrender to Christ, it has consequences. And, and for Belsajar, 
The consequence was his life that very night. And Darius, the scripture says, and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of 62. He just like walks right in and takes over. And history tells us the same thing. Let's come to, what does all this mean for us? So, will you do this for me? Will you take out the connection card? It's in the chair in front of you. Just reach out there in that chair in front of you. Pull out that connection card. Because on there, you're going to see uh, next steps on that connection card. And it's going to have one, two, and three. And we're going to walk through these uh, really quickly. Here's the first one. The first next step says, For the next seven days, I will start my day by asking God to empower me to live a life of substance. And in my day... By looking inward and asking, did I live a life of substance today? You see, it's your intentionality on the front end that you are going to ask God to search your heart. That you are going to connect with God and see who is he and how is that going to transform how you actually live and practice the way of Jesus today. And then at the end of your day, at the end of your day, you're going to come back to this and ask did I actually live a life of substance? Did I actually, you know, pray for that one person? And God, did you bring somebody across my path? Don't you think, let me just ask you this. If you pray a prayer like that, God, uh, would you show me just one person that I could demonstrate your love to today? Don't you think God wants to answer that kind of prayer? Of course he does. He wants, your, he wants us to demonstrate his love. The problem is we just don't have the eyes to see it. Because we're not thinking that way. We are just hurrying and going to do our stuff. But God wants us to live differently. And I just want to challenge you. Will you consider being a person of substance who's adding kingdom value to others? And will you practice this? If you, we want to pray for you. Our team's going to gather. We're going to pray this week. And we'll pray for you by name if you'll, if you'll let us. The other uh, next step, step ne- next step number two, and if you're online, there's a link for a connection card on there for next steps. If you're in South County, you have a connection card just sitting on your seat there. So the second one says, if my life ended today, and our days are numbered, right? Our days are all numbered. We don't know when it's going to end, but all of our lives are going to end. If it was today... I'm not sure the scales are tipped in my favor. And you know who tips the scales? <laughs> Jesus. He, he, he's the one who tips the scales, if you will. Because he's the one who fills the gap. That's what the gospel is all about. And maybe you would say, I've never submitted. I've never surrendered. I've never you know, given my life and said, Jesus, here I am. Forgive me and I surrender. Come and take my life over. Man, if that's where you're at, we would love to pray for you or even have a conversation with you. If you put your name and your phone number there, we want to reach out to you and have a conversation with you around that. So that's step number two. And then the last step, step number three, it it says, I'm facing a decision or a circumstance and need the wisdom like Daniel had. Pray for me. And and again, we're going to gather this week and we're going to pray over every one of these connection cards. You tell us as much as you want to about your, the wisdom that you need for your circumstance. And that's how we're going to pray for you. You take these connection cards and just put them into the offering boxes on your way out. Drop them right in the offering boxes and we'll be praying for you. Online, they're going to come right back into our office in South County. Hand them to Pete or James and they would be happy to make sure that we get those. So... Let me pray for you and for me. Jesus, please, we're asking 
that however you wanted to speak to somebody today through your word, we're praying that you have, that you've connected the dots for them wherever they find themselves. And Jesus, wherever they found themselves, give them the courage to take the step that they need to take today. Thank you. And Jesus, we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. What we want to do next is um, communion. And communion is a time of introspection. The Apostle Paul tells us in uh, 1 Corinthians, he says, let every man examine himself. And that's what we're going to do here in just a moment. We're going to take um, a minute and just let you have that time to pray a prayer like we talked about. Search my heart, oh God. To make sure that your relationships are right here on earth because the relationships that you have here on earth are just as important as the relationship that you have with God. And so, if, if you spend that minute with God and are like, yes, things are right between me and God and things are right to the best of your ability with your relationships here on earth, then we would invite you to partake in communion if you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus. Communion, it doesn't, you don't have to be a member or a partner here in order to take communion. If you're a Christ follower, we invite you to partake and be a part of that. But if you're not, maybe it's appropriate for you just to hold off. That would be the appropriate response, actually. And, and, and then you just settle that. Pray and talk to God about your soul, about your salvation, about your willingness or unwillingness to submit and surrender to God. We're going to take the bread first, and you'll notice that on the communion cup, if you did not receive a communion cup when you came in or in South County, just lift your hand. Someone will make sure, one of the ushers here in Cranston will make sure that you get a communion. And if you're in South County, Pete will make sure uh, that you get communion there. If you're at home, just grab some bread and juice or something like that. And what we're going to do for the next minute or so is just reflect and let's ask God to search our heart so let's just have silence
take the bread and place it in your hand. And as the bread lies there in your hand, will you remember this is a symbol that Jesus laid down his life for you. He filled the gap because we have fallen short. Will you take the bread with thanksgiving in your heart and eat it? Jesus, thank you for your body that was given for us. of just introspection of, uh, listen to the lyrics of the song the band's going to start a song and will you just listen and let those words kind of just pour over you and allow them to be words that you reflect on as you search your relationship with God so let's just sit in the presence of God in a spirit of reflection.
she could announce to your desire. been my prayer all week long that God would speak to you and that God's given you something that you can walk away with and I hope that's true if you want somebody to pray with you about that there's gonna be prayer ministers right here at the front and so would you make your way this way instead of going out the back door come come to the front and uh, have a prayer if you um, have your connection cards don't forget to drop them in the offering boxes in the back and don't forget next week is um, super Sunday around here there's gonna, we're going to have a lot of fun if you like nachos and cheese we're going to have that you know in the morning but yes we're going to do it in the morning so I hope that you'll come and uh, be a part of that for the benediction from Psalms chapter 51 God would you create in us a clean heart Would you renew a steadfast spirit within all of us? Would you restore the joy of your salvation and sustain us by giving us a willing spirit? Father, we know that the sacrifice that you want, a sacrifice that is pleasing, is a broken spirit. And so we pray that we would humble ourselves each day this week and ask you to search our heart. And God, we want to seek you and let you transform the way that we actually work, the way that we actually love our spouses and our kids, the way that we actually uh, shop and drive our cars. Come and bring that kind of transformation in and through us, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said...